You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. service about vision, time for growth, time for influence, and it tells you some things. It tells you some of the goals we kick. Let me just share some of them with you, which is awesome. Uh, We've created a pathway for growth and development. Things are happening there. Out of that, 10 new group leaders running V groups. How good is that? Youth, Youth are now consistently reaching the target of 50 every Friday night, but just this past Friday night, there were 70 young people there. 17 new people, two first-time decisions for Christ. I mean, they're already on the way. And, and last week, you guys were such a, such a great part of celebration with baptism. 27 people baptized already in this season. Uh, the increase of attendance here, guys, has now shot up to 105. We're, I mean, if the kids and the workers were in here, we'd have no chairs, right? And, and we are desperately and faith-filled looking for a new place. Um, and then, as you know, we, we bought the Victory Center totally debt-free, which is a miracle. And we've got new partnerships already taking place here. I had a conversation with two people already that are, that are wanting to do a new partnership in the center, and I didn't even ask them. They came to us. Okay. Um, and then there's influence through Victory Ush connecting with just about the 450 families. Beck is a strategic part of that. Sorry, I get familiar. Call her Beck Pastor. Beck, excuse me. No, I know that, but you always are to me. And then, of course, our campus pastors for Central were, were put in this year after a journey. But let me tell you, and there's, there's more you're going to read. There's a whole page full of things that have happened over the last year when we started talking about it's time. But let me tell you about what we believe for, because I went to these guys, the campus pastors and others, and said, what are you believing for? Like, we're not driven by this, but we are certainly got a faith for this, if that makes sense. So we're looking for a regular attendance at Central per week of 300 people every week. Um, Northwest, we're believing. These guys have already stated 150 by this time next, next year. Here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. 75% of our youth and adults in groups. That's the place of connection, care, growth, disciple making, you name it. That's the life beat, the heartbeat of the church. We come together on Sunday to celebrate everything you do in those groups all week long. Okay. The youth have got a target of 100 per week at youth. I don't know where in the heck you're going to put them in our building, but stay away from my office. Anyway, that you Chapman boys, stay out of my office. Anyway, I'll go in there one day and there'll be Ethan working, have glasses on, look up and say, yes, can I help you? Anyway. Um, we are committed to securing properties for our campuses, especially this one. All right, we're going to have multiple properties we either have long leases with or we, we uh, buy. And, uh, and one of the goals, and again, this is just some of them, there, there, there's a goal to have 20 partnerships with the community, impacting the community through the Victory Center, which is incredible. This is just some of the stuff, guys, and I believe it's time for victory. I believe it's time for growth. It's time for influence. And we've been talking about this. And while I was driving the other day, I was thinking about our vision. All of a sudden, a phrase popped into my head, and I believe it's from God. As a matter of fact, I would say, I think it's prophetic. It's prophetic for you. It's prophetic for me. It's prophetic for our church. And here here came the phrase I was thinking about. It's time. It's time. It's like God spoke and said, no, it's your time. Your time. 
Not just mine, your time. Your time. Your time. It's your time. Because you see, just to say it's time makes it this thing that's out there has very little to do with me personally. That's not true. God is saying to you, it's your time. Right? So here's the deal. It's time for you. Stand with me, Josh. He didn't get my notes. I can't see. You see, he does a good job, Josh, doesn't he? Awesome. So here's the deal. The Holy Spirit brought to mind a scripture where this is modeled in the life of Esther. Who loves Esther? Anybody here named Esther? In the other campus we do. The queen? Awesome. No Esthers? Some of you need to have a girl. Name her Esther. Where's Kiri? Have another girl. No? Okay. That's all right. You're allowed to say no. So I'm just going to look at one verse today. And if you want to take your Bibles, if you use the analog version, turn to Esther chapter 4. But let me give you the backstory to this, um, to this verse. It took place in a time when the Jews were in captivity. Running alongside this are the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. So if you look in your Bible, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. That's where it sits. But historically, it's at the same time that Nehemiah has gone back to build the walls of Jerusalem. A remnant have gone back to start building the temple so the Jews once again could live in covenant with God through worship. Got it? Just a remnant. And Ezra goes back to bring the word of God and revival. But it's just a remnant, which meant... The vast majority of Jews stayed in Babylon. Fancy that. They've been there 70 years. And and it's like the king goes, you guys can go home now. Nah, we like it here. It's comfortable. You've got all these exotic foods. You've got ways that we're not used to and we love it. Be like you going to live in Rome or something. Whoa, look at this. Not mighty gig. I'd say Buenos Aires. Um, Right? And they're going, we don't want to move. We're staying here. But in not moving, they didn't reconnect with their covenant. They're living unfaithfully. Isn't that that interesting? In a time where there is no vision, people don't pursue faithfulness. Mm -hmm. Anyway, here we go. Then comes along Mordecai. uncle to Esther, helped manipulate, literally, to get her into the palace. King Xerxes got ticked off with his wife Vashti. She did her wrong thing, and he goes, get rid of her. I need a new one. Guys, wouldn't that be cool? (laughs) It's time for a new one. I need an upgrade. Let's trade her in for two 30-year-olds. I said that before, and Janet threw her shoe at me. Anyway. (laughs) So... No, not boots, not boots. Leave the boots on. So here's what's happening. The majority of Jews still living in Babylon are living in unfaithfulness, but so is Esther. You you can romanticize Esther in the book of Esther. She didn't want to go back and she didn't want to do a thing about what was going on. She was comfortable. Okay? She was very comfortable. A plot gets... Schemed by this guy named Haman, we're going to exterminate the Jews from history. They'll no longer exist. Listen, everybody that tries that has a tattoo across their forehead doomed. Just ask Hitler one day. Well, don't because you don't want to go where he's at. 
Haman plots to get all the Jews both in Palestine and in Babylon and wherever they're at in the empire to get them exterminated. Mordecai gets wind of this. He goes to his niece. I need to talk to you. You need to do something about this. And you need to know that Esther probably wasn't really willing and wanting to do that. If I talk to the king like that, he is a very temperamental, melancholy leader visionary like most of those A-type personalities. He'll kill me on the spot. And so Mordecai says, Esther, you need to rise up and speak out for God's people. And this lands us now at verse 14 of chapter 4. And he says to her, For if you remain completely silent at this time, it's not good to be silent in a time of vision. Relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. Pause. If you don't do something about it, God will use somebody else. Listen, listen to me. Not one of us in this building is indispensable. Now, I'm going to be a little bit straight here. I didn't get to do it at Central. I was rushing. But I want to tell you something. The vision is bigger. God's plan for this church is bigger than any one of us. Right. Listen to me. God has a heart and a passion for revival in this nation. God has a passion for the salvation of this city. God has a passion for every man, woman, boy, and girl in this city called Novocastrians. And if we won't rise up, if we remain silent, he goes, okay, I'll do without you and I'll do it with somebody else. My commitment to the lost is higher than your pampering. You can try to stay comfortable all you want to, but comfort is not my goal for your city. Reaching them with revival is my goal for your city. Okay, I'm just saying. I'll set up somebody else who will reach the Jews, but you and your father's house will perish. It is absolutely perilous to ignore a vision that God is giving and go passive. You'll miss. You might not perish, but neither will you thrive. Yet who knows? And we all know this phrase. It is so, so much quoted. Yet who knows whether you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. See, throughout Scripture, when the word time is used, it carries two meanings, both Old Testament and New Testament. When that word is used, it means the first one is point in time, time on the clock, this moment. But the second meaning is an occasion in time. At this season, there is an opportunity and don't miss it. Now, why did the Holy Spirit lead me to this? Because I believe this is what he's saying to each one of us. See, not only was it the right time for Esther to act, she had the opportunity to act. In other words, she was in the right place in time to act. Can I say to you, you're not here by accident. And you're not here by comfort. And you're not here just because you like a small church. This church is not going to stay small. If you haven't got that by now, you'll get it soon. Because we want to reach people. People matter to God. And I believe this is what the Lord is saying to each one of us. It's your time. You are here for such a time as this. Vision, listen to me. Here's my first point. Vision is a time for you to be vocal and active. You can't remain silent at this time. Um, let me go back to the beginning of the first part of that verse. You know, it's amazing. You know, the other day I was getting my hair cut and they said, oh, what's coming up this weekend? What's special? And I went and checked on my suit and stuff like that. What's, what's coming up? And I said, vision. It's our vision month. And people look at me like I'm an alien. <laughs> Churches have vision. What do you mean vision? I thought you guys were just supposed to 
you know, do the nice things for people. Well, it's true. We do the nice things for people. But there's nothing nicer than rescuing the perishing. And so people get surprised. You got a vision? At the beginning of that verse in the New Living Translation, Mordecai is saying, if you keep quiet at this at a time like this. And you need to know there's evidence. Esther's going, don't come talking to me. I'm, I'm in the palace. I'm comfortable. She thought she was safe. She thought she was comfortable. Man, I, I've made it. And you could sit here week after week and going, oh, it's so comfortable and we've made it. We finally found a place where nobody bothers us and asks us to do anything. And Mordecai makes it clear it is dangerous to be passive in a time like this. I want to tell you, we live, I, I believe last week in this nation was a tipping point for this country. For the first time ever in the history of this nation, a spirit-filled believer is at the helm called our prime minister. And, and, and even the media said that was a miracle. Listen, that is not the majority, the silent majority voting. That is God going, I will raise up a king. Listen to me. And God's got his finger on the watershed going, I think I'll just tip it the kingdom way. You guys think that the kingdom is doomed, and I'm going to show you the kingdom's about to explode. So, but here's the deal, guys. Safety and comfort can often be the enemy of vision. You might think, ah, let the visionaries do it. Let the gifted do it. Let the zealous do it. And we'll just sit back and watch it happen. No, you won't. Can you not hear the word here? You and your father's house will perish. You'll miss. You'll miss what God's doing. And with all my heart, I believe we are strategically placed here for such a time as this. Like never before. And it's time for us to see this. It's time for us to get passionate about the opportunity in front of us and to act on this. It's not time to be lulled into silence by our comfort. Dr. Miles Monroe, a, uh, a, a great Christian leader, statesman from Baha- the Bahamas. He, uh, um, I mean, just a, an incredible statesman. Tragically, a couple of years ago, he and his wife were killed in, a, in an airplane accident, but just made a huge impact around the world. He was a man who lived and he died by this statement. Vision is a desire initiative gets it accomplished. He said, it's not just enough to go, oh, my heart's warmed about what you guys want to do. It's like, get your hands into it. Get your feet moving. You know, and I think we've got generations now who are more innovative than ever before. Do something for the kingdom of God. Our vision isn't just about getting a picture, a dream. It's equally important that each one of us, it's our time, it's your time to get it accomplished. Few people can't do it. But I will say this, but if you don't, God will with somebody else. If I don't, God will with somebody else. I could sit back and go, you know, 18 months time, Janet and I have been at this helm for 25 years. I want my gold watch. I want my bonus retirement. And we could sit back and go, we've done the work. There's so much to do. How can we keep silent at a time like yeah. this? Wow. Second point. I told you I was going to be quick. And last point. Vision is for expanding your effectiveness. Listen to me. The latter part of that verse, Mordecai says, deliverance and relief. Now watch the next phrase. For the Jews. For the Jews. He didn't say you'll escape. 
He didn't say, you'll be protected. He didn't say, God will cover you. You know what he said? God will use you to reach a people, a nation. Imagine she's sitting there all comfortable going, oh, how'd I get this job? Man, I landed it, didn't I? Now all of a sudden she's challenged to do something that will literally affect the future of a nation. I'm telling you, vision will expand your effectiveness. It's no longer about just me and my little world and what little bit I can, you know, and I can contribute, my, me and mine and my little world and this. No, lift your eyes. It's like Mordecai is saying to Esther, look up, Esther. Look beyond the palace. See millions of people that God has a covenant with and he's going to rescue and do something miraculous. And here's the kicker. Even though they're still unfaithful, God is still faithful. Amazing. You know, over the years, I've been presenting vision at Victory since the 90s. And I've had people come up to me and say, you know, arms folded. So, what's in the vision for me? I'm serious. And you know, I, there's a part of me that understands where they're coming from. Like, is this for us? Listen, you're not choosing whether you shop at Aldi's or Coles. This is family. This is kingdom. We're in this together. We're in a covenant. There's another part of me that can't help but think, can't you see beyond yourself? Don't you see the big picture? Can't you see a people and a city and a nation? Wow. God calls you to give your life for this. And I want to tell you, the kind of vision we talk about is not for the faint-hearted or the self-focused. We're going to have these nice little programs where you feel good about yourself. We always want you to feel good about yourself. Well, I have a program for that. You're awesome. I shouldn't have to produce a program to let you know you're royal. Live like it. Right? It's true. But each one of us need to hear the call like this. Who knows? But that you've come to royal position for such a time as this. Has it ever captured your heart who you are? Like, like. You can change nations. You're, you're, you're a world changer. You know. It's just incredible. You look back through history, the ordinary people that God just went, I'm going to use you. And he changes nations and cities and peoples just because they saw it, they believed it, and they acted on it. And if we could just lift our eyes and see where God has placed us and who we are and the possibility that he's put in our hands, we could impact this city and beyond for the kingdom of God. So, it kind of leads me to, there you go, six minutes left, that was short, no more points, just information. Yeah, how about that? So, we want to tell you where we're at with victory um, and, and what this leads us to because it's time. Now, I'm going to ask uh, Pastors Nate and Rachel and Pastor Janet to come up with me. Why don't pastors Darren and Beck stand over here too? It's about all of us here. Come on, you're going to have to stand here for a few minutes because you've got to talk too. We're all in this together. By the way, I want you to know something. This church here came out of a, a vision. Came out of a vision that was birthed in 1999, wasn't it? And it happened because of a vision God gave me and because of a young couple that caught the vision and said, here we are. Um, I know at first with fear and trembling, but they've done an awesome thing. Only at first, not now. Not now. You're not afraid. No, 
No. So, as, as the visionary of victory, let me give you some background and stuff. Um, you know, I've been, as you know, if you've been tracking with us for a while, I went through a remaking. It's like God had to break down some unhealthy mindsets and some old ways and, you know, the things like, man, I'm so driven to make this happen and, and it's all about how big it gets and it's all about how it looks to others. And deep down inside, God had to deal with, hey, that's not why you do this. You need to do what you do because of who you are, not to become somebody important. Wow. And it was just a whole remaking because of the foundation of my Christianity, and I don't need to go into all that. But as a result, victory got reshaped. And we're a different church than we were 15, 20 years ago. And it's like God started pouring in new wine. Like your identity determines your activity, not vice versa. Um, growth in people is far more important than growth in numbers. Now, it doesn't mean numbers won't grow because if you're healthy, you grow. That's right. And we're not afraid of that. But we don't, we don't look at those numbers and go, we're going to get that or else somebody gets fired. No, they don't do that. We say, we're going to do that because there are people to be reached. Right. And God loves them incredibly. So that's the wine. But the reality is it's time for a new wineskin. And I think, I don't know who prophesied it first, but somebody prophesied it over us. Pastor Phil certainly did uh, in our center back last month. And Pastor John did last year. Uh, so the national leader, the international leader of our movement and other people are going, you know what? Victory is kind of like at the tip of the spear for cutting edge stuff. And we see that this new center and the way you are as a church now is forming a new wineskin that will lead other churches this way. Right. So we're looking at a new wineskin. And so I'm going to turn this off or we're all going to dance to Sweet Home Alabama. So when I got this leg of the vision, because we have our vision, but in each season we have a new leg of it. And when I got this leg of the vision, it's time for growth, time for influence. I got it over a year ago. I knew in the back of my mind and my heart, this is leading to a new wineskin and a new season for Janet and myself and also for victory. And so as we progress in this vision of being a life-giving church, empowered by the Spirit to influence our city and beyond for the kingdom of God. It's not just time for growth. and It's not just time for influence. It's also time for transition. Right. That's a word I'm not afraid of. Some people fear change. Change fears me. I love that. Um, I'm not afraid of change. Listen, you can't mature as a person without changing. I mean, imagine if you're that tall all your life. Right? There's something wrong with you. But all of a sudden, there's something good with you. You're changing. Same with the church. And so for Janet and myself, it's time for us to transition. And I've been wrestling with this for quite a while now. It's very unsettling. I'm the kind of guy that likes every duck in a row. Like, God, I am so willing to follow your path as long as you show it to me. First. And, and, and I'm like that. And I have to say to you, um, the how-to of the path ahead for me and Janet, this is just a side note, first time in 40 years, I don't know the next step. Wow. But I know it's there. Okay? It's almost like, did, did you see, not Raiders of the Lost Ark, the, was it the Temple of Doom or the other one, where he steps out on the leap of faith? Remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oscar's there you go. I'm not a movie buff, but I saw it. That, that's kind of that's, that's kind of like where I feel is is what's gonna happen here, you know. Um, and so we've been wrestling with it. But what's been confirmed to us um, before we went to America? I'm still wrestling with it. God, I know something's coming. I don't know what it is. 
you know, and it's really been a process for several years, and up and down like a roller coaster. But before we went to America, God said, what did I take you to Australia for? And no disrespect to people who like to retire and travel, but that's not us. We don't retire. Um, you know, we might do things a different way, but we have no goal in life to be grey nomads in an RV f- around Australia. Um, we'd kill each other. Um, Have you been planning something? Okay. So, but the deal is this. Um, so, before we got whisked away to America, God said, well, what do I bring you here for and what are your non-negotiables? Mm. Write them down. And I did. It's like, boom. I didn't have to know how. I knew what. Wow. Okay? Right. The, the what is more important than the hows. And uh, most of the time. I'm still a man with compartments. Um, but what it means is years ago, I think, I don't know who did it first, back when we were doing all the kingdom stuff, people started prophesying over us an apostolic ministry. Yeah. Now, when you think that, your head immediately goes to position, power, and miracles. Right. And I went, uh, yeah, nah. I'm not like Paul, Peter, whoever. But what you forget in one of the most critical things of the apostolic is the verb apostello literally means sent on a commission and at the deepest depths of our heart is mission you know I never ever thought I'd be a senior pastor I didn't want to I saw the job and I was glad not to and I literally got pushed into it uh, in 1985 we came to Australia to serve the Australian church not to do an American thing to serve the Australian church and God said well you're going to serve it this way out you go um, but we still have that heart of being sent on a commission and being part of that. And, and we have it in our heart for nearly 40 years of leadership and ministry now to mentor and coach the younger generations to make it for a lifetime. Because 50 to 60% of the pastors in Australia are either burnt out or on the way to a burnout. It's worse in America. 95% of those who start a career or a calling in ministry do not make it to retirement. 95 percent. 1,500 churches a month close their doors in America. Now, we're not quite that bad, but we don't want to go there. And, and we want to do something that prevents it instead of tries to cure it once people are burnt. So, there's a, there's a transition happening with us, but there's also a transition needing to happen with victory. And we've known this for some years now. For Victory to be and to do everything that God has called her to be. It needs fresh leadership. It needs people with passion and vision and people who are committed and love this church and love this city and saying, come on, we're ready to take it and charge with it now. And we're ready to, you know, we've always been about raising up the generations and we've been praying about it. We we literally started talking about it, Janet and I, in 2013, believe it or not. Um, we We had a first D group which is not a connect group, it's not a V group. It is a group specifically to take younger generation and train them and raise them for their future in God. There was a young couple that we approached and said, would you like to come? Yeah, Pastor Keith will come, but we'll let you know that our future is not here. Our future is overseas. I said, yeah, that's it. That's cool. We understand that. Know where you stand. Would you just let us train you for that? Yep, sure. First night after they left, Janet looked at me and said, 
do you think they're the next leaders of victory? And I said, don't be stupid, as a loving husband does. And again, she was right. And we've done that journey and we've watched God take this young couple and just begin to shape their hearts in such a way and grow them into a maturity that is beyond their years. And they've just fell in, fell in, fallen in love with you, fallen in love with victory, fallen in love with the, the city like never before. Not that they didn't love you, but it's now a love that says, we don't want to go anywhere. We're here. Right. We're here for this vision. Right. And so we've been walking this journey with the board. We've got engineers on the board. Beck will talk. Beck's not an engineer, but she'll talk on behalf of the board and not like an engineer. But they're so good at mapping things, you know. It's like anal spreadsheets. Anyway, um, but they, they just were brilliant at helping us map out what is this looking like as we progress into Victory's vision and future for Keith and Janet, for Victory, and for this young couple. And so let me read a letter to you that Janet and I have wrote, written, wrote, wrote on the back here for you, and it, it explains this to you, and it's just better if I read it uh, about that, because what happened, we came back from America and went to Presence, and in sessions and conversations, God firstly uh, confirmed everything he was saying to us about our transition. Yep, this is who you are. That's what I want you to do. Um, all that kind of stuff. This is your sweet spot. Uh, be confident in that. Uh, but then in conversation, well, what about this for victory so that she can keep moving forward powerfully and accelerate? We believe it's time to accelerate. And so we can't, you know, again, we're in the car coming home from presence. And Janet said, what do you think about that? I went, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she said, well, it could be God. And I went, ah, don't be stupid. And again, she was right, <laughs> as she is, usually prophetic. It, what bugs me is she's prophetically right. I can't say, nah, that's rubbish. <laughs> and, and we came home. We shared it with the couple. We shared it with the board. And it just all of a sudden, it seemed good to us in the Holy Spirit. So here it is. So this is from me and Janet to you. Since 2014, Victory's been on a journey through which God has been developing and producing new wine. Along the way, he has strengthened Victory, both as individuals and campuses, and redefined our approach in the community. As we look back, we recognize that a part of this journey has been a transition. Just as Victory has been on a journey, so too have we. When responding to the call of God to Australia, our purpose was to help build the church, advance the kingdom, preach the word, and make disciples. Now we're stepping into a new phase in that purpose. We're convinced that in order for us and victory to flourish, it's time for a new wineskin to be formed. To achieve this, and I would say both for victory and for us and everybody involved, we now know God is saying, appoint lead pastors over all of victory who will work alongside us to oversee all the operational leadership of victory. That releases us then to not carry that weight after 40 years. Um, hallelujah. Uh, we've been praying and seeking God for the right people, and it's with great excitement and faith, and I would say, and a journey that's gone six years. This isn't an instant thing, by the way, people. Uh, that we announce pastors Nate and Rachel Welburn as the lead pastors of Victory starting July 2019. <laughs> which is awesome. So, you'll get to read that. Um, I don't know if Janet wants to say something prophetic so she can show that she's right again. But serious, you want to say something, honey? No, no pressure. No, um, just, I just said it, uh, I read it at, at our central campus and I just 
you know, wanted to read it here. Um, our life verse has been Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which is, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not in your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. And so we've been living that for, well, for 41 years plus. And, um, and so I kind of went back over it in the last few days and just you know, saying, God, what are you saying again? And he was just reestablishing different things. But at the end of it, it was kind of like my um, talk to him and him talking to me. And I'll just read it. And it is a couple of lines. And it says, you have our future as you had our past and as you have our present. I rest um, I rest in that. I like to know details, but I can rest in this. It is the right. It's time. And as I've said many times, and as Darren often has said, that um, God is in control. And this is he, he would always he'd say, I would see Janet walk, Pastor Janet walking up and down. God is in control. Jesus is on the throne and he loves me. And you know, that hasn't changed. And so we are excited. It's a bit scary, but hey, you know, um, we've been doing this now. It's been such a step of faith for many years, and we will continue to do that. And what, I don't know if it was said um, at Central, because I think we forgot, but hopefully it was said, but this has been our decision from start to finish. This was not the board, it was not the, you know, either the campus pastor saying, it's the time to... Go, no. We'd kick back if you did that. <laughs> We're the mama and daddy. Um, but, but this has been our choice, and this continues to be our choice. And, and we decide when it's time, and that's pretty exciting. And so I hope that that was um, actually said at Central, but we'll see. Good, you, because people ask, how is Pastor Janet about this? And, you know, it's, it's been a journey for her also, and she, she would say, um, I, I, I've got my husband back with vision. And so, um, you know, that means more than anything to us. So I'd like to invite Nate, you want to come say something to it, and then um, we'll get Darren and Beck to respond. Awesome. Uh, fantastic. What an exciting time for our church, yeah? yeah. Uh, I want to thank you for uh, your applause. Uh, silence would have been awkward. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, and uh, maybe, did you want to, are you good? Cool, I wasn't sure whether our, our children needed their, their mum. Um, I just, I want to say a couple of things really briefly in, in response. Uh, first of all, uh, at a, obviously all the way along this journey, we've had an opportunity to speak to different people. And each time I've really felt it's important that uh, the first thing we talk about is, is honour. Um, and I want to make sure that right now we honour our senior ministers. Yeah, uh, Pastor Keith and Janet uh, not only have set an incredible legacy over the last 24, almost 25 years, yeah. uh, but the way in which they have approached this aspect of the journey uh, needs to be recognised, acknowledged and celebrated. Yeah. Um, not everybody <laughs> willingly recognises the season they're in and goes into it, uh, despite the scariness, despite the reality and presence of unease, and, and not seeing the next step. Um, they're leaders that are so steadfast in their relationship with Christ and so determined to outwork the purpose that he has on their life uh, that they are 
willing, 40 years into their ministry journey, to still step out of the boat into the unknown, um, balancing that tension of excitement in what God has for them and fear in not knowing whether the water will hold them. Um, and, and Rach and I and, and Pastors Darren and Beck have had the privilege of seeing that close up. Um, and I, I tell you, the more real and vulnerable that you get in relationship with someone, the more opportunity you have uh, to see their worth um, and to see, to see their value and their integrity and their character. Uh, and I'd just love it as, as a church if we could honour our senior ministers, yeah. uh, Pastor Keith and Janet. Second of all, and although uh, not uh, a whole number of the members are present, uh, in this process it's really important uh, to honour our board. Um, the Board of Victory is an incredibly wise uh, board, and I know that Pastor Beck's going to speak on behalf of the board uh, in a little bit into this process and, and give the background uh, and organisational perspective of the process. But um, you should know that our board is wise, our board hears from God. Um, our board is not a board that simply says yes. They're a board that weighs things. Um, and they wait to hear the timing of God. Uh, you know, when, when Scripture says that at the right time Christ came, it means there were a lot of not right times. Um, and there would have been a lot of not right times along our journey to initiate this transition. But the board recognised that now was the right time. Um, and in doing that, uh, I would say that they did a great job in protecting Rach and I. Um, as eager as our young, enthusiastic uh, drivenness would want to step into a future that um, one of us saw and the other one got dragged into. Um, <laughs> it's not true. It's not true. Um, we, we, it's one thing to, to think God might have something on your life. It's another thing to acknowledge that and move into it. Uh, but the board has been great in encouraging us um, to step forward. The board has been great in, in holding us until the time was right. Uh, and the board has been really good. Um, sorry, I just lost my words as my children are attacking each other. Um, the board has been great in work, walking the journey with Pastor Keith and Janet at the same time and ensuring that the path forward is beneficial for, for not just us, not just them, but for the whole church. Right. Um, uh, and I guess I want to paint a bit of a picture. Uh, sometimes pictures say a thousand words. And a picture that we've used uh, along this journey is that uh, in this season of transition, uh, as a part of this vision, what we see is, is this, like a relay race. We're in the moment where both runners have their hand on the baton. Um, and what is important about that relay race is, is that the focus in that moment is not on winning, the focus in that moment is not on pace, the focus in that moment is making sure there is an effective baton change. Yes. Each runner recognises that the race is bigger uh, as a whole than their moment with the baton. Um, and the race as a whole of victory um, is more significant um, than either of us as individuals. Uh, and so what we are saying is that right now in this moment, our focus is on making sure that this baton change is as right. effective, yeah, right. as smooth and as right. beneficial as possible right across our church, both campuses, our centre, our ush, all of that involved in victory. Right. Uh, we want to make sure that in this moment it goes from strength to strength uh, and that when the time comes for the pace to pick up, it is ready to pick up and that there's not a baton line on the ground. Um, so 
uh, the last thing I want to say is I want to speak into the nature of the transition and, and to, I guess, reassure everybody that what Rachel and I uh, are doing here is not trying to come in and replace and transition relationship. Uh, we recognise very strongly that uh, just as Pastor Keith and Janet are for us, uh, a real mum and dad in the faith, uh, they are to a lot of other people within our congregations. Um, and in no way are Rachel and I trying to come and be mum and dad. Instead, we recognise that God's put an anointing on us for this season to bring our drive and our leadership right. into the engine room of the church and right. to begin moving things forward. Right. And so we are transitioning right. leadership, not relationship. Right. Uh, and we look forward to the benefit that that's going to have in, in having the relationship still and the fresh drive and energy uh, under, under Pastor Keith and Janet to see our vision uh, begin to move forward uh, and to begin to take ground. Uh, so I want to reassure everyone that that's what Great. it looks like. That's where we're heading. And um, Rach and I are incredibly excited about uh, where we believe uh, God is taking this incredible church. So awesome. thank you. Uh, just uh, real quick. Um, so in this, in this vision of it's time for growth <clears throat> and time for influence, Janet and I will... We're still the senior ministers, but, but we will be more out there doing stuff. We're still the senior ministers, the vision, we're still the visionaries in this season until the baton is totally changed. And uh, we're still uh, not just attached to victory, but a ministry of victory. And uh, how that works, pray for us, because again, I'd like my ducks in a row. Uh, and it doesn't happen like that. But uh, did you want to say anything, Rach? Yes or no? You're good? You sure? Of course you will. No, I mean, I wasn't going to just because of the kids, but they'll, oh, we're doing it as a family, guys. <laughs> what better way to do it, right? Um, just to reiterate what Nate was saying, we are so honoured by what Pastor Keith and Janet have given to us in the belief that they've given to us to propel us forward and to believe in the future of a church that is so bright. Um, and so we're really excited for the future. And um, you're right. Yeah. I'll wait, class, if you'd like to share. <laughs> um, but also to to encourage us as a church, when you hear the specifics of this vision, make it personal. There's something in here for everybody to grab a hold of, and if I can do it, you can do it too. You know, like we've all got lives to live and, and children to take care of, but. We have a part to play in this vision and I would encourage you to go home and pray and ask the Holy Spirit, what is it that I can grab onto? What is it that I can run with? Because it's not up to us, all of us as individuals to make this happen. It's about us as a church and as a community to each play our individual part and to see this city lost, the city that is lost, to see it one for Jesus. So we're excited and we, we hope that you guys <laughs> will jump on board and not miss out. Before, before we go any further, we're going to do a family thing. Just heard your dad's had a heart attack just now. Um, her dad uh, was a pioneering pastor in this city for years, and he's now in a, a semi-retired kind of ministry. Great man who's, who's been through a lot, but a great man of faith, but it's just happened. Yeah, and so we need to pray for Rachel's dad um, to do that. His name's Dave, so... Could you just stand and let's do this together? Uh, instead of just me leading in prayer, why don't all of us raise our voice for Rachel's father? Um, I think they're probably putting a stent in right now or close to now. And uh, yeah, and I mean, this is, we're family together. This is where vision is more than just 
a thing. It's us as a family. So come on, raise your voice, church. Pray for Dave. Pray for Rachel's dad. Pray for the rest of the family. Let's pray for the surgeons who are attending to him even now, that miracles will occur through their hands. Total recovery, total healing. Rebuke the enemy who would like to destroy. Speak life. Speak life that the great physician is right there in that room right now, bringing healing, wholeness right now into Dave's heart. In Jesus' name, we believe this. We agree together. Your word says if two of us agree on earth as touching anything, well, there's more than two of us right now agreeing that you are the great physician, you are the healer, and the enemy has no place in this. In Jesus' name, we declare healing over his body. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thanks, guys. Would you just have a seat just a little bit more? Um, Just a little bit more. I'm going to ask Pastor Darren to share because you you obviously want to hear from their heart, like, what do we think about this thing? But then I'm going to, I want to share a scripture and then hand it over to Pastor Beck to, yeah, go go for it, mate. Awesome. Wow, I'm quite loud, which is how I like it. Um, So just, uh, we we just, I guess, wanted to respond to that and let you all know that um, we love this. And we are completely 100% on board with what is happening and with all the announcements, pretty like significant announcement this morning. And we just, we think it's, it's, it's such a good thing for the whole church. We love the, the space that you and Janet are stepping into as well. And we love the lead pastor role that Pastor Nate and Rach are stepping into. And uh, it's so good to, to see what's happening and what God's doing and where God is taking us as a church. Um, and just so you know, this is not something that we were kind of clamoring for. It's not something that we were going, oh, we missed out, far out. Where can we get our gig? Um, it's, it's, that's, that, that's not us. We don't, we don't feel called to this lead pastor role. We don't feel gifted for this role. And, uh, and we're going we're gonna to support Pastor Nathan Rage and Pastor Keith and Janet through this whole process and, uh, and be totally on board. And, and we, just, we just love what God's doing. So... Um, come for the ride. It's going to be real good. It's awesome. Good. With the pastors Darren and Beck, they have been incredible champions for this vision since 1999. We've done a long journey together. And while he can say, we're not this, I want to say what you are. You are amazing people. You are incredible pastors. And uh, you're, you're a son and a daughter. And uh, we just love you guys incredibly. And what you're doing here is amazing. Absolutely amazing. I think you can do better than that for them. So, I'm going to share one last verse and get out of the way so Pastor Beck can talk. She's, but she's going to talk representing the board. She is on the board of All of Victory and makes those critical decisions. And again, I can't speak more highly uh, of the board. I'll reiterate what Janet said. In the old system, the way the church used to be, the board could come along at any minute and go, you know, we think your time's up. And they could give me a two or three month notice or I could do the same. Uh, we don't operate like that. Um, we know that success happens in a good succession. And so the board has been part of helping a great succession happen and still making it happen. And Beck is part of that team. And they hear God on that, so it's amazing. But for you and for all of us, we know Proverbs 29, 18, you know, where there's no vision, the people perish. That has nothing to do with lost people. That, that, it, it's actually rendered wrong in the King James 
because it's actually talking to God's people, not about lost people. And it's basically saying, you need to get on board and see what God's doing or you're going to miss out. And the message says it's so cool. If people can't see what God's doing, they stumble all over themselves. So in other words, if you don't get vision for what God's doing in this place, in this city, on this planet, you're going to live fruitless lives. But when you do, when you see what He's revealing, which is revelation, you're going to live a blessed life. And, and a lot of people around you are going to be so blessed because that word blessed means fortunate. You can chase fortune everywhere you want to, but the best place to be fortunate is in the center of God's will. So, good on you. Thanks, church. Thanks, Beck. Thanks. Maybe, maybe my glasses. I, um, just, Darren and I are super on board with this. Um, it's a really exciting time in the life of our church. Um, and this morning, I just want to just take a few more minutes um, just to speak. I'm changing hats, all right? So I am not Pastor Beck in this moment. You're with me, Penny, right? Penny gets this. <laughs> Penny works hard at this when we're at Jesmond. Um, I'm not Pastor Beck in this moment, all right? I'm going with a board hat on um, for a little while. And the board has done... They, the board is an amazing group of people, <coughs> particularly myself. No, I'm just... Um, <laughs> um, incredible, incredibly wise, incredibly wise... Um, and it's been a real, uh, there's a bit of a mix on the board um, of those that have been there forever and what seems like possibly forever for, you you know, well over 20. Um, and some of us who have come on in the last sort of, you know, probably five, six, three, four, five, six years and sort of, um, so it really has a mix um, that comes with it. So I am speaking um, as a representative of the board this morning um, right now. Okay, not campus pastor. So this transition is not a surprise to the exec board. Um, it's not like it all happened just after presence um, and bang, we went, okay, sure, let's go with that. It hasn't been a surprise. So several years ago, Pastor Keith started a conversation with the board around this transition. Um, now, it wasn't all clear as to, you know, like he said, all the ducks aren't, you know, weren't in a row, um, but he saw a time with lots of possibilities around that. Um, what the board started to see was in interrelated journeys for Pastors Keith and Janet, for C3 Victory and for Pastors Nate and Rach. Um, so Pastor Keith mentioned a little bit earlier um, about uh, prophetically that it's been spoken over us as, as being the head of a spear. And that's, that's 20, 30 years worth of... You know, that's history um, that's been sort of coming through that we're, as a church, we're apostolic and we break new ground, which has been, I would say for us, incredible to be a part of. Um, the last five years, um, there's really a new heart that's come through. We've really been on a journey of identity that's not about looks or external appearances. Um, it's really about substance, not about show. Um, so really from... This last five years, it's really prepared us, and that's where we're launching from into this, this transition. It's been great preparation. So what's God doing in Pastors Keith and Janet? He's really reaffirmed their calling to something. I'm excited that 
it's not just getting thrown out there. It's really purposeful. And as a church, what this is opening up for them, it's as individuals and for us as a church, they're not, we're releasing sort of them into something. And as a church, we're a part of that, which is really, really awesome. They are, they're called to mission. They're called to the apostolic, to teaching and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, we have seen over years and years their, their gift in raising up new leaders. Um, so they get a whole lot more time to be able to do that um, and to speak into current leaders. So it's, it's now from a base of four, ye- four decades, four years, four decades of experience, not just, you know, youth and excitement and a college degree that they, you know, get to do this, but they get to do it out of 40 years of experience. Um, so Pastor Keith and Janet's role will be less operational, um, but much more in that coaching, mentoring, apostolic leadership space. What's God doing? What have we seen as a board? Um, God doing in Nate and Rachel, um, really raising them up as a couple. And, you know, I would sort of say, you know, in my journey on the board personally, the, I've watched the two of them kind of, and at first I was like, oh, geez, you know, I hope they're going to be ready by then. Um, but the acceleration that we have seen, like, has been incredible. Um, and, and I think that with that, you know, f- personally, the excitement has built in me over the last, probably the last two years particularly, that acceleration of what he's done in the two of you to prepare you for this is really exciting. Um, so it's really the right time. The board has seen that that's the right time for them to step up um, into this greater operational oversight. And it's not just about sort of them just having um, central campus, but across the whole of C3 Victory. Um, so the exec board has been unanimous in this. There, we don't do things, you know, and leave somebody behind, you know. Everybody says, yes, let's go for it. And one person's going, eh. if someone says, you know what, I'm not quite on board yet, we hold off. You know, we wait until the timing is right. Um, and so, you know, we're really conscious that this is good to us and the Holy Spirit. Um, Prophetically, we're believing and we're moving into this season of transition to release Pastors Keith and Janet um, into this different role. Um, they're still with us and they're from us. Um, and to release Nate and Rachel into this increased leadership and oversight of C3 Victory. Um, and, you know, it just releases us as C3 Victory into more growth and more influence, which is what's really cool. Um, Todd, do you want to... He disappeared. There he is. Um, do you want to come? We are just about to wrap up. but um, And you can go and get a coffee in just a sec. But just stay with me for another 60 seconds. You know, Pastor Keith said um, just a little, little while ago that vision will expand your effectiveness. And the picture that I saw this morning um, was like ignition. You know when you've got a gas heater... And um, I went into the Jesmond Public School hall the other day and it was like about nine degrees or ten degrees and it was freezing cold. You know, the school halls, they're concrete. And I was trying to turn these gas heaters on and um, they make this sound like this tick, 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 tick sound. And I got two going and there was two more still like, you know, just I'd turned it off and I'd keep flicking the switch, tick, tick, tick. And um, 
it makes that sound just before the flame catches and the whole thing just goes like... It's the best sound in the world, right? (laughs) You know, there can be a gas heater in a room and it can be in a place and until it goes tick, tick, tick and it catches, it's, it's fairly ineffective. And I just saw that for us this morning that as we, we're going to, you don't just sit here and hear vision and go, oh yeah, good oh, awesome. Is the coffee on? You catch the vision. And so I was just seeing that picture that, you know, I feel like that is just like a prophetic thing. There's a tick, tick, tick happening in us this morning where we're just going to catch it. It's going to, once, once we're lit up like that, it's going to expand our effective, effectiveness in the city, and that's really exciting. So why don't you stand, church? We're just going to just sing a little just as we close the service. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.